You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. And I have my guest today, Miss Hannah Wilson. Hannah, in one sentence, tell us what you do for a living. I am a leadership development consultant, coach and trainer. Very good. Most people go, oh, then I had four or five sentences come up. They can't quite capture it. A leadership development coach and trainer. You have practiced that, right? <laughs> I've practiced it. I've practiced being concise and succinct, Diana. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Prior to this session, I said to you, have a think about a mishap, a mistake and a triumph. And the idea is that you're brutally honest with the listeners because we want people to know that we all make mistakes. We all get involved in muppetry and numptiness and nobody is on their own. Nobody has discovered a particular mistake for the first time. So nobody's a pioneer when it comes to making mistakes, <laughs> all right, we've all done it. Okay, so where do you want to start? Mishap, mistake or triumph? Well, let's go in order. I've got all three, and I, when I was eating my, my Marmite on crumpets, <laughs> it was really interesting reflecting on it, but also thinking about what goes in the mistake category and what goes in the mishap category. So I've, okay. I've got all three, good to go. go so my leadership mistake, okay, and it's been a, a repeated mistake. I've made this mistake twice, so I haven't quite got it sorted yet. I make a mistake with other strong female leaders who I inadvertently and unintentionally jar and I haven't quite worked out yet how to manage that relationship where I bring out the worst in someone and it's happened to me twice okay in a mat when I got moved into the head office team there was someone who was a friend of mine and she just turned into my nemesis and when I went to work at university, similar situation. And it's how I can, ref- that self-awareness piece of, I'm really authentic, I'm really confident, but I know there's something in me that just brings out the worst in a particular type of woman. And it's that making that mistake of, I haven't quite worked out yet how to navigate that relationship and make it workable for both of us. Has that mistake had a particular consequence that you can think of? Oh, ultimately, it hasn't worked out badly for me, but right. both of them have lost faith because of it. Because it, like you know, when someone then shows their shows their real character and shows the mask drops, and you see a part of them you don't really like. And I'm not just talking about me here. Like it's happened twice with these two women, where the first one we're no longer friends. I can't I, like. I couldn't be friends with someone who behaved like that in the workplace. She's actually been moved on now. And I think actually it, w- it revealed some inadequacies and some poor behaviours. The second one, and in both situations, I've, I've gone above them to speak to the boss, but that's made the situation worse. Right. And I wouldn't necessarily say it as a leadership mistake, but I am, as you know, a really candid, direct person. And not all women leaders who present in a confident way, but ultimately are insecure underneath it, can handle that fierce conversation. So it's a leadership mistake that I think will res- resonate with quite a lot of the audience, other strong women who perhaps just haven't quite worked out yet how to walk that relationship line with other women who are really difficult to work with. 
interesting. I mean, oh gosh, I wish we had more than 15 minutes. I'd love to dive in deep with that. But I suppose the idea of the podcast is just to say, here, here's a mistake that I make. You know, I'm, I haven't particularly got an answer for you right now, but I'm going to share with you that I do. I have done this. I've experienced it. You might too. Is it normal? Yes, because it happens in life. You know, these things do happen. Wow, thank you for that one. Go on, what's your next mishap? So my mishap, this is a funny one, which my old deputy head still likes to remind me of. So when I was a startup head teacher in this big, beautiful, brand new school, we had one year group, 120 kids, 10 teachers. We, we, we were like ants rattling around in this big old building. And we had a lot of very high needs kids. There's research that startup school gets a disproportionate amount of SEN kids. So we had a lot of kids who were high functioning, but had complex needs, but they weren't necessarily diagnosed. So we didn't have enough support staff. So we had a couple of kids who were runners and were hiders. And it was our first Christmas. And we had these two- secondary school. Secondary school. We had these two big, beautiful Christmas trees in the two, what's the one I'm looking for? Like a big open space with like a three story drop. Like it was like a big, like open community space. Yeah. And it was assembly, but I was on walkabout. And I had a boy who had managed to get himself under the Christmas tree and entangled in the cables, the electrical cables. And I've been coaching him out for like 15 minutes and I knew assembly was about to finish, but I was actually quite worried for his health and safety. And in that moment of my cloud, cloud of judgment went down, I grabbed him by his foot and I began to drag him out from under the Christmas tree as the doors to the assembly hall open and my two deputy heads are filing out the whole year seven who stand there to attention in a straight silent line and watch the head teacher on all fours drag a year seven out from under the Christmas tree by his ankle. It was not one of my most graceful moments, Diana. Um, and my deputy heads, particularly Benny, still likes to remind me now, do you remember that time when you tried to grab him out from under the Christmas tree? In all honesty, I probably should have just turned the lights off and turned the socket off. But in the moment, I was thinking, I need to keep him safe. And you did. You kept him safe and you let your dignity go. <laughs> Indeed, I did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, someday you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Fantastic. A defining moment of my headship. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about a triumph. Bring me a crescendo. Okay, a triumph. So, I had a slight fallout with the Daily Mail. And, <laughs> and, well, I had a fallout with the Oxford Mail, and it got escalated to the Daily Mail. We ended up with the BBC camped outside school for a week, and it was all around our diversity in our school. And at the moment, like, in the, in the eye of that storm, it was probably the most stressful thing I've ever experienced in 19 years of being a school leader, because I was, I was receiving hate mail on Facebook. I was receiving hand-penned letters threatening my life. It was a nasty situation. It just brought out the worst in a lot of people. However, the triumph of it all was that as a values-led school with a very strong culture underpinned by our 12 school values, two of which were diversity and equality, it was one of those moments where one parent complaining brought a lot of attention to the school, a lot of negativity, a lot of pressure on us all. But the triumph of it all was it completely... So it strengthened our team morale and our team culture and our school vision. So in the eye of the storm and in this really stressful moment, the triumph for me was when a year seven walked through the gate on the Monday morning after it all kicked off and said, Miss Wilson, I'm not old enough to be on Facebook, but how dare they talk about you like that? 
I am proud to be at this school. And it kind of actually was one of those moments of that one parent wanted to unravel us and make us be quiet and go away. But what it did was our internal team and our school culture and our parents had brought into the school, it made them all even more committed to the vision of what it means to have meaningful diversity, equity, inclusion embedded in a school. Wow. There's a book in there. You do know that, don't you? I've done a few blogs and a few talks, but maybe there is. Like, we both know that, like, as school leaders, you just don't get taught the PR kind of side of stuff. And until you are in it, and like I got bouquet sent to me from heads around the country, I had lovely letters written to me of other heads who had experienced similar kind of like hell. And actually, it, it, sometimes it's that reassurance that you said about the other things to know that other people have walked this walk, have experienced this, and it's not just you. And actually you can share the best way to navigate those really difficult situations, but also turn them on their head and make them a positive situation too. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we have to keep that perspective, don't you, where it's one parent who has got a loud voice and that voice has been echoed into these various chambers of hate, I call them. That's another word for the Daily Mail, but there we go, that's just me. But when you, when you look at the perspective, you think, you know what, there is, there is, generally there is a silver lining in most situations so sometimes hard for you to see it but when you do stretch out your hand and talk to other leaders and engage in dialogue you, you take off that silo those blinkers oh it's just us it's just our school it's just my area and you reach out you think okay I can see a way forward and is it tough hell yeah is it possible absolutely is it worth it most Definitely. For that moment where the year seven child comes in the next time and says, I love it here. What you've done is built a safe haven for me academically, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally. I feel safe, welcome, and I'm ready to thrive. That's our job. And that's how we change the world, I think. But, you know, I'm, I'm just a bit fanatical like that. Indeed, I, I, completely, I completely agree. Completely agree. <laughs> oh, that's been really great. Thank you so much. The mistake, the mishap, and the triumph. I will forever have an image in my mind of you under the Christmas tree, dragging a child out with the whole school watching. <laughs> and then you saw, I can imagine you just standing up and dusting yourself off as though nothing happened. <laughs> so, once again, yeah. thank you so much for joining us on. This podcast, guys, I tell you this again, I say it to you every episode, do not attempt leadership on your own. That is a mugs game. That's a choice that I'll say to you, don't make that choice. Work in genuine relationship with other leaders so that you do not fall and nobody hears you screaming. Okay? See you again. Thanks, Hannah. Cheers, Diana. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, your host, Diana Rezaghi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.